0: NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit TheRinger.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen at the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. Gambling problem? Call 1-100-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG.
1: This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like
2: Coast bias boys are back by popular demand a big week nine across the board in the NFL we'll get to that there was a big trade in the NBA Raheem's boy James Harden finally has a new home and we'll dive into what that means for the Philadelphia 76ers and the Los Angeles Clippers we welcome in Raheem Palmer Joe House JJ John a lot to dive into a lot to discuss fellas we'll see how if you can uh Keep the train rolling with your underdogs. I know you've been red hot on Ringer Wise, guys. We'll see if you share maybe an underdog or two for the East Coast Bias boys. We got to start here, though. I thought we were going to have, fellas, another opportunity on Sunday to fade Josh McDaniels. And in true Raider-like fashion, the Raiders announced, and Raheem put this in our group chat at 1.30 in the morning Eastern Standard Time, or 1030 Pacific, whatever you want to call it, Mark Davis says enough is enough. He was sick of the embarrassment that he saw on Monday night, sick of the moves that Josh McDaniels is making. And Josh McDaniels, basically a year and a half into the job, is let go. House, I've been saying this for a long time. He's a terrible head coach. The players can't stand him. The results have not been there now in two different stints, one with the Denver Broncos, Another one here with the Vegas Raiders. I don't think I'm going out on much of a limb by saying this. Josh McDaniels should never be an NFL head coach ever again, period.
3: That's not uh, hyperbole. That's not an overstatement, JJ. I mean, I, I, I didn't get a chance to go back to our summer conversations right here on this very program where we as a group forecasted that Josh McDaniels could very easily be the first coach to be fired, first NFL head coach to be fired, and the odds were very juicy for that. The thing that is that sealed his fate was, you know, going all in on on Jimmy G. And we watched, uh, in 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 you know bright Technicolor, uh, you know, display that Jimmy G can't throw a deep ball to Devontae Adams, and that probably was it for, for, for Josh McDaniels and, and uh, you know, Mark Davis had to see him go. I'm surprised. Honestly, the Raiders are not that far out of the the playoff hunt. I'm surprised that they didn't just like play out the season. The defense, especially to me, is looking pretty good. I thought that defense was, was kind of ferocious on Monday night, but clearly something going on inside that building. They were not seeing eye to eye. And Josh is going to be a fine uh, coordinator somewhere. Uh, maybe not even the NFL, but he the, the head coach bit, I think, is done, J.J. Oh, yeah, it's definitely
0: done. Here's the thing. He was a Tom Brady creation like so many other people. What do I always say? Tom Brady. He's like Alonzo from Training Day. You give him 18 months, he'll give you a career. And he gave a career to this bum who was just 20 of 33 in his career as a head coach, 24 and 29 sh- against the spread. So you look at his career-winning percentage as a head coach, 37%. You look at some of the worst coaches in NFL history. Adam Gase, 40%. Mike Malarkey, 40%. Butch Davis, 40%. Cliff Kingsbury, 43%. This guy won 37% of his games straight up. That's 20 and 33, as I said before. You can't have this guy as your head coach. It was time to get rid of him, even if you got to fire him at 10 8, 10 p.m. at night, Vegas time.
2: And it shades of Willie Randolph. The only difference is Willie Randolph didn't deserve to get fired by the New York Mets going all the way back to, what was it, 2008. Josh McDaniels did deserve the ax from Mark Davis. And I don't think, fellas, we're going to have this repeat itself to your house because the Patriots stink. They're 2-6. And, and I don't think they're going to be a team where their assistants or, dare I say, desirable for head coaching positions. But this is yet another lesson. Of a failed New England assistant. I mean, you can look at Romeo Cornell, you can look at Charlie Weiss, you can look at Eric Mangini, uh, you can even look at Brian Flores, who did not get the most out of Tua and what the Miami Dolphins have from an offensive standpoint. Hustle, I think it's a fair lesson. Don't hire New England assistants to be a head coach. It won't end well. And I forgot Patricia, maybe the worst of them all. Um, unless to as Dream just so succinctly put it. You
3: got Tom Brady as quarterback. If any of those guys can lure Tom Brady back in, you know, and I'd still take him over three quarters of the quarterbacks that are playing in this week, nine coming up of the NFL season. Uh, if you, without Tom
2: Brady, they're nothing. And that's, that's the, the, the lesson here. Fellas, I can't believe I'm starting with this game, but I'm starting with this game because we're talking about the Raiders and the Raiders now are going to have an interim head coach leading their way for the rest of the year. And Raheem, last year, we saw Jeff Saturday come out of the broadcast booth, have initial success, beat the Raiders, I believe, in his first game, competed against the Philadelphia Eagles in either his second or his third game. And then by the time you hit the end of the year, that sort of interim bump disappeared, the Colts kind of flatlined, and they ended up being a non-competitive team. The Raiders, we all know it. Devontae Adams couldn't stand this coach. I guarantee you, most of the team couldn't stand this coach. They go and bring in Antonio Pierce. Now, Antonio Pierce has never coached a game. I have, I have no idea what you're going to get. I have no idea what to expect. Here's what I do know: He was a leader of men when he played football for the New York Giants and for House's Washington team a long, long time ago. People around the league have a lot of respect for what Antonio Pierce is going to bring to a locker room. What he's going to bring in leading guys. This week, they're playing the Giants. They're not exactly playing murderer's row of the NFL. The line has moved the point. It's Aiden O'Connell, a quarterback. Garoppolo out. McDaniels out. Is this now a time to say, Raheem, let's buy in on the interim head coach that they're going to run through a brick wall for Antonio Pierce? Where do we stand on that? So
0: this is tough because typically you do want to back that head coach who just got fired, you know, get that interim bump. But this is a spot where sharp money actually took the Giants at three and a half. We know Daniel Jones is going to be back and, you know, I expect some improvement from this Giants offense against this Raiders secondary. Um, they're also going to be able to run the ball. So I don't know how you back this Raiders defense at all. So I would be looking towards the Giants now. This line has creeped down. You're seeing one and a half in the market. I'm not backing the Raiders at all. I'm not.
3: Yeah, my single biggest regret with this game is that Tyrod Taylor is not available to play it because I would have plowed in in a significant way on the Giants' side of this thing. I think the Giants' defense has been abs- – they turned a corner. They are absolutely flying around for Coach Wink, and the Blitz has been working. They've been getting to quarterbacks in a variety of different situations and circumstances, going all the way back to that to the Bills game. Like, the last three or four games, that Giants' defense, that identity looks to be coming in. But I can't have anything to do with the situation with Daniel Jones coming back, even though if you wanted to give yourself some confidence – Uh, Daniel Jones as an underdog has been good. There are trends that support him on the road. And, you know, him with Saquon is a radically different proposition than him without Saquon. I just don't want to be in the Daniel Jones business this week, JJ.
2: So, fellas, full
3: disclosure,
2: I thought this would be a giant smash spot on Monday. When they announced Jones was coming back and I'm watching that Monday night game, I'm like, wow, I can't wait to bet the Giants on Sunday. This firing, though, has changed things for me. Like, I knew what I was getting from Josh McDaniels. I knew what I was getting (laughs) from Jimmy Garoppolo. And, yeah, Raheem, all of the logic that you just brought to the table is fair and is warranted. I get it. Vegas stinks. I get it. The Giants have been coming on the last couple weeks to house this point. Defensively, since that Miami game, they have looked like a much different defense. I'm just going to warn everybody out there who's watching here on FanDuel TV, who's listening on a Ringer gambling feed, Be careful of the Giants as an underdog this week because of the unknown of what that interim head coach might mean. And if you're ever going to get a spirited monster effort out of Vegas, I think it would be either this week or next week where they will be keeping the Raider-Jet game in a Sunday night football situation. Like, the Raiders are probably going to end up being a rotten, vile team when it's all said and done this year. I just think these next two weeks, circle them because you might get the most from an effort perspective out of these two teams. Now, fellas, we go from a game. That's like the lowest, of lows. Let's get to a game. That's basically the highest, of highs. And the only thing that stinks about this game is that we're going to be on the air during ring, doing ringer wise guys. And you're going to have a very distracted host because you have quite possibly one of, if not the game of the year. So far in the NFL with Tua and Tyreek and the high flying Miami dolphins offense going to Germany to take on Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. We'll see if Taylor Swift is going to be in the building in Frankfurt, Germany. And this line is moving against the Chiefs here. We talked about it on our Monday show, two and a halves, that was the number. I just took a look moments ago, and I saw some one and a halfs in the market for the Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. I can't wait to watch this game. You know I've had this circled down my calendar. Raheem, I'm going to you first on this because I'm going to start the proceedings here. We know there's a certain team of mine that's playing in the game, so you guys can take this at face value. That's fine. Dolphins are winning this game, and there's two big ifs. Toronto Armstead plays and Connor Williams plays. The Dolphin defense is starting to peak. They get after the quarterback, Chubb, Phillips, Sealer, Wilkins. Look at what they've done the last few weeks. You throw in Jalen Ramsey. They're getting Howard and Holland back in that secondary. I think Miami's defense is starting to figure it out under Vic Fangio. Offensively, my question with them is, what are they looking at from an offensive line standpoint? If I see Toronto Armstead and Connor Williams are playing this game for the Miami Dolphins, you heard it here first. The Dolphins are shaking off that they can't beat a good team narrative. I'll take them plus one and a half if those guys are playing.
0: Okay, I have a question for you. Sure. What makes you think that this Dolphins defense has
2: figured it out? Uh, they're getting after the quarterback and they're getting healthier.
0: Last week, they played the miggity, miggity, miggity Matt Jones. That's true. And the week before, the Philadelphia Eagles put up 31 points, and they could have named their score. I think the biggest issue with this Dolphins team is that the offense really isn't as good as what people think it is. I know they're first in EPA per play. I know they put up 70 points against the Denver Broncos. But how many points did they put up against a top 10 defense? When you look at that Philadelphia game, they only scored 10 offensive points. When you look at that Bills game, they only scored 20 offensive points. This Chiefs defense is for real. So we already know the stats of Mahomes as an underdog, as a short favorite. Mahomes is going to win this game. Last week, he was sick with the flu. I just think this Miami Dolphins team isn't as good as what people think they are.
2: How I'll let you break the tie here. Thoughts on the big one in Germany, Miami, Kansas City.
3: I'm just not gonna back a team that we're waiting to prove it to us. I I already know what what Patrick Mahomes does after a loss. He goes and wins sixteen and three straight up after a loss. And you can go anywhere on the internet if you have an internet connection. You can find uh, a half dozen stats that support how good the Chiefs have been after a loss during the Mahomes era, and especially in instances where the line is under three. That's when the Chiefs cook best. The, the argument you would make if you wanted to talk yourself into the Dolphins, and JJ, you did a nice job there. I think we're just a week or two away, honestly. All of that health coming into the Dolphins' defense is really good for their long-term fortunes over the course of the season going into the playoffs. It's just not there yet. They haven't all played together yet all those guys under Fangio. So Fangio hasn't put his stamp on it yet. Um but it it could be coming and it's the the right time. You want the the defense to be healthy this portion of the season, not the beginning. And and the 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 the, the Chiefs have been a very good defense, but Nick Bolton is now out for the season. They got problems at linebacker. Willie Gay questionable, uh Bolton out and you know Denver moved the ball a little bit. They rushed 40 times against this Chiefs defense and took the air out of the ball and 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 wanted, you know, they they diminished the opportunity for Russell Wilson to uh undermine their chances to win and and you know, the Broncos held on against that that Chiefs defense. So, uh I'm just not going to pick the, the 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 situation where we're all waiting for the team, the franchise, to prove it, I'll just go with the proven winner here. I'm sorry, JJ.
2: That's fine. And listen, one note here on the Chief Defense. Chicago, they stink. Gave up 20-something points to the Jets. We know the Jet offense is deplorable. We all know that. Denver, all right, they shut down Denver. whoop the freaking do They didn't shut down <clears> Denver two weeks ago. I think they're real on the front, Raheem. I do. Like, Chris Jones is a problem. That's why I mentioned... Williams and Armstead playing for Miami. But that Miami defense, we talk about that Philadelphia game. They didn't have Xavier Howard, and they didn't have Jalen Ramsey. That's a big deal for him. Big deal. Those are not minimal players that we're talking about here. Those are probably, what, 2 of the 15 or 20 best corners in the league?
0: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But, I mean, like House said, they haven't played together. And I just, I look at this Chiefs team, they know how to win. And, you know, they did... They lost to the Broncos. To me, that loss last week was kind of like a fraudulent loss because it's not like the Broncos went out there and, and dominated them offensively. They were never really out of that game until the end. Um, obviously, the Chiefs had some turnovers, but I don't expect Miami to turn the Chiefs over in the way that the Broncos did last week. So um, they had a divisional opponent. Mahomes was sick. Couldn't put up his Jordan flu game, but I think he'll, he'll bring it this
2: week. You know who's he's going to bring it? Tyreek Hill going up against his old team. Bet all those over props. I'm telling you right now, the Dolphins are going to make sure Tyreek Hill is getting the football in that game. We got a lot more to do. Fire it up. Start the East Coast buyers right here on FanDuel TV. We got two other monster games to dive into in the NFL. The Cowboys and the Eagles. Everybody betting the Eagles this week. Are they? Certain someone is not. We'll also get to Buffalo and Cincinnati where is Cincinnati going to fit the description of The team of the week. We know what has happened to the team of the week in the NFL over the first seven, eight weeks of this season. They had the most impressive win what we saw a week ago. Is that bad news against the Buffalo Bills? All that more is coming up next.
3: Hey, hey, betting buddies. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, all customers get a no sweat, same game parlay for every Thursday night game. Just place a three leg, same game parlay, and you will get bonus bets back if you don't win. We just watched Will Levis and DeAndre Hopkins cook. If you like that combination, watch Hopkins cook again this Thursday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I also think... The Titans might be able to put up some points. That's another leg. The Titans team total over 17 and a half available right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. NFL same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you in FanDuel's top rated sportsbook app. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Gambler's. For your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay every Thursday, FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. The refund is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com.
2: I love this card. I mean, the only thing that stinks about this card, fellas, is that the one o'clock window is, as I like to call it, basura. It is awful. I mean, there are some bad games in the one o'clock window that you want to avoid. But when you get Miami and Casey to start it, then you got Dallas and Philly at 425, and then you could close out the night maybe with a little cocktail and Buffalo and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Cincinnati. That's juicy stuff. That's meaty stuff. House. I'll start with you on this one because we'll save the Cowboy fan for last year. Dallas and Philly. I think we would all agree Philadelphia is probably better positioned to go and win a Super Bowl this year. That said, Dallas has had their moments against the Eagles. They have. They they beat them last year on Christmas Eve. I, I know there were some instances in a few of those games where maybe Jalen Hurts wasn't out there. But I see this game and I think Philadelphia looked vulnerable last week against Washington. Miami, if maybe they're a little healthier, we're talking about a different game a few weeks ago. And you throw in that Jet game where Lane Johnson went down and the Jets ended up winning outright, and Jalen Hurts did not look the part. A- am I getting suckered in here? Or do I think the way to approach this game is contrarian? Dallas, the game. Dallas getting the points. How's Call Me Crazy? I kind of like the Cowboys, bud. Uh you're not going to get me to join you on that one. Um we've seen too much
3: of this this Dallas team. The 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 they are very similar to to the Dolphins. I want to see Dallas play a good team competitively just once, just one time this season. All of their their numbers, all of their metrics, all of Dak Prescott's numbers especially. They just beat the hell out of bad teams. They're very good at beating the hell out of bad teams. They've been doing it the last couple of seasons. Um, but I, I just can't uh, get there until we see one time, one time with this Dallas Cowboys team, have them up to the challenge. It, it couldn't be a better opportunity than this Philadelphia. All You know, go on the road, take care of business. You mentioned, JJ, it's a vulnerable Eagles team this year but I'm not investing in Dallas. What's the thesis? Like, what can I point to over the course of this season that says, yes, I believe in Dallas being competitive with the Eagles. The thing that Dallas had was speed on defense and an advantage in terms of all of that speed um, to, to, to put the clamps on folks, but they haven't been playing that way against uh, uh, good offenses. So I'm I'm not gonna join you on the Cowboys here. I need to see it from them one time.
0: Yeah, I typically don't like to buy teams after a blowout win, like the one the Cowboys had last week. I, I feel like you're you're paying for them at the peak of the market. But you look at this Philadelphia Eagles team, and it does feel like they're being overvalued. I think this line should be around. Eagles minus one and a half as opposed to three, but I just can't do it for the reasons that House said. Um, you know, I do look at this Philadelphia Eagles team and defensively, I don't know how you trust them. 17th and EPA for play. It feels like this is a game where if the Cowboys are going to win, it's going to be because of Dak because we know that Eagles defense is going to let you in the game, but can Dak beat them? Can Dak not throw the interceptions? Can he? Can he make those big plays? I think he can, but not enough to put my hard-earned U.S. American dollars on it.
2: You know, one thing that I know for certain with this Dallas-Philly game, and I say this without hesitation, guys, this game will not be a repeat of what we saw in San Francisco a few weeks ago. I, I would be stunned if that's the case. I know how non-competitive Dallas looked against the 49ers. The 49ers, of course, that's probably their signature and most dominant win that we've seen of them all year division game these teams know each other so well i'm not saying that i would like dallas against philly if they match up in the postseason but i think this week dallas despite the dominant win against the rams and the narrative all they do is beat bad teams i think this is a chance for them to show hey guess what we can go beat a good team this week i think they're juicy getting those three points all right raheem i'm starting with you on this one because we talked about it on monday And since we've talked about this game on Monday, I have to be honest. I've gotten a lot of cold feet. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of cold feet. And that would be Cincinnati on Sunday night hosting the Buffalo Bills. And Cincinnati was the team of last Sunday. Joe Burrow was fantastic. The Cincinnati defense was fantastic. Yet, all I'm seeing in the market is Cincinnati money. To the point where this line got as high as three. And we've seen a little buyback here where it's come down a little bit and it's settled back into where it kind of initially was. I know the Bills have not looked great since that Miami game. The Bills have had their problems. I like the Razul Douglas pickup. I think that's going to help them a great deal in the secondary. And then you throw in the emotional angle of DeMar Hamlin returning to the field where his tragic incident just happened a year ago. I just think there are a lot of factors that are starting to scare me off Cincinnati. Am I reading too much into this, or are you still looking at Cincinnati as a play here on Sunday night?
0: So, there's sharp money both ways on this game. Sharps came out and laid the minus one and a half on the Cincinnati Bengals to start the week. But as this line creeped up to plus three, you had Sharps also take it the other way. You mentioned the fact that the Bills, they traded for Rasul Douglas. Obviously, they're missing Trey White. They're missing Matt Milano. But that should help out their defense in a major way. So there is sharp money on both sides. Me personally, I think the play is the over. This opened up at 46 and a half. We mentioned it on East Coast Bias that I felt like this was a dead nuts under. We're all the way up to 49 and a half. What have you seen from this Bills defense? And I know they got Rasul Douglas. That makes you think they're going to be able to slow down this Cincinnati Bengals offense. They were rolling last week against the San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers have probably one of the best pass rushes in the league. So I think they're playing a worse defense this week. And I also think the Bills are going to be able to get off. Now, they didn't get off in that that playoff game because it was snowing outside. But I think you got good weather this week. I expect this to be a 31-27 type game.
3: Yeah, to Dream's point, and I'll just pick right up right up from there. I personally don't think the Bills can score enough to win this, and I like this line. I like this line under three for Cincinnati. I think that the version of the Bengals that we saw against San Francisco on the road last week is the true identity of the Bengals. I mean, in the run-up, part of why I thought it was a a, a nice wager. Uh, a nice spot for the Bengals on the road at San Francisco was because we started to see their defense sort of come into that, uh, uh, you know, that that our identity that we'd seen previous seasons when they go on their runs uh, in the latter half of the season and then into a, a playoff push. I think Luana Romo and these guys are on the same page. We saw it, man. They throttled uh, San Francisco, and I think that, that they can uh, repeat that against the Bills, but I don't think in Cincinnati that Josh Allen can do enough to to, to keep up with Cincinnati with all the weapons they, they have. Health. They were using Joe Mixon in a way that we hadn't really seen. You know, that was one of Joe Mixon's best games in the last three years in terms of the combination of pass catching and rushing. And if that Cincinnati offensive line is healthy enough to be pushing around the defensive front of San Francisco, San Francisco's defensive front was so pushed around. They had to go out and get chase young from the Washington Seawards, fellas. So I, I, I like Cincinnati here. I think uh, it, it's a good spot for them to continue, um, you know, some of what they've been building over the last few weeks.
2: And I cannot wait to watch this game. I think to Raheem's point, we're going to have a lot of points. I, I think it's going to be an up and down game. And I think it's going to be the football game. We thought maybe, we were going to see in the divisional round last year, and it just turns out that Cincinnati had other plans. And, fellas, I'm telling the FanDuel TV audience now, there's still value on the Cincinnati Bengals at 17-1 to go and win the Super Bowl. If they continue to keep peaking, and if you believe that San Francisco and the win at San Francisco is only the beginning for this Bengal team, like Raheem put it this way, if Cincinnati beats Buffalo this week, that 17-1 is going to drop under 15, right? It's got to.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, obviously, the Buffalo Bills are a Super Bowl contender coming out of the AFC, so if you beat one of those, I mean, this team is right back in it.
2: One more game I want to get to as far as marquee status, House Raheem, and that would be Seattle. It's probably the only game worthwhile at 1 o'clock. Seattle on the road going on to take Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens, a team that looked so impressive two weeks ago against Detroit, a team that, Kind of play with their food, to use your terminology, house a little bit uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. And that was a cruel one if you ended up backing Baltimore last Sunday. Deserve better, the onside kick. Uh, To quote my former Yankee manager, Joe Girardi, it's not what you want. I love this spot for Baltimore this week, though. Seattle flying across the country. I know Pete Carroll's numbers and stats at 1 o'clock are great. and, And I know they've covered in a lot of these instances. I just don't think Geno Smith makes enough plays in this game. And I think you'll get a much crisper and a much better performance from the Ravens. I locked it in at five and a half. I'm seeing six in the market now. How else can I get you on board with the Ravens come Sunday?
3: Yeah, you mentioned the trends that support Seattle 19 and five against the spread as a dog of four or more over the last 12 years. Baltimore over the last couple of years, bad. Four and thirteen against the spread as a favorite of four or more in their last seventeen instances that they've been a favorite of that size. um I don't care. I like Buffalo uh, Baltimore quite a bit. I really like the Ravens in this spot. I think what we saw the Ravens do to Detroit was like the 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 true reveal of who this Ravens team is and the true reveal of what this ravens defense is is capable of. I respect Seattle. I think they're fine, but less than a touchdown, Baltimore, now they they did play with their food. That game against Arizona was never in doubt. You know, there was uh, bad stuff happens in the NFL (laughs) at the end of games when you're riding on a double-digit, trying to get a uh, double-digit lead across the goal line. But that that does not undermine the handicap at all. I'm fine with laying the five-and-a-half. I think Baltimore comes out and rolls this week, to be honest with you, Dream.
0: So I initially wanted to play Baltimore. I, I really love Baltimore. I mean, my model actually makes this closer to seven or eight than it does, like, where the market sits at five. Um, the one concern is that I do think the Seattle defense is for real. Um, you know, this is a, a defense which is getting better. To, obviously, they traded for Leonard Williams. And the one thing that I think Baltimore has in their favor is that this is a top-10 offense and a top-10 defense. And when you look at Geno Smith, Geno Smith, through the first four weeks of the NFL season, one interception. Through the last three weeks, he's thrown five interceptions. And to me, like you know, JJ said, Geno Smith doesn't make enough plays, and I just think there's only so long fake does can pretend as I always say. So, I would lay it with Baltimore, but I am a little shook of it. So, um, I'm probably going to end up, stay up staying away.
2: And fellas, if you're putting a tease together this week, Baltimore in a teaser leg house is fantastic. Like, amazing give me baltimore to win the game that's all i need to do uh we'll find something else we like you and i gotta get in the lab and try to find at least a two or three team teams with baltimore involved can i do that
3: well I, they need to get to six i won't i won't tease them at five and a half i won't go through the zero i can't do it dream dream will, will revoke my gambling license if i do that jj but they, if it gets up to six or six and a half i'm on board yeah with i you.
2: get it well let's get it to six six and a half and it's at six right raheem in some places I mean, you guys could do a money line parlay.
0: Um, you know, sometimes you got to play with it. I mean, Baltimore is like minus 250 or so right now. You could money line parlay that with another team and you could put yourself in a good spot. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing it with the Saints, of course, but um, you find somebody in that range and I think you're in a good position.
2: And fellas, I'm still in my knockout pool. Saints, Browns this week, deciding between those two. That's going to have me gray by Sunday. I mean, forget about it. I'm going to be full-fledged gray and trying not to, as Indiana Jones learned in the last crusade, choose poorly. We we don't want to be choosing poorly here on East Coast Bias. When we come back, we got a lot more to do. We got the James Horn trade to discuss. A Thursday night football game that actually got a lot more juicy because of what the Tennessee Titans decided to do as far as a quarterback change. All that more, it's East Coast Bias right here for your friends on FanDuel TV.
1: This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates.
2: All right, boys, Thursday Night Football. It's Will Levis time in Tennessee. Will Levis looked amazing last week against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Raheem, on our Monday show, threw some cold water. The way of Will Levis. And now you're in a situation where Pittsburgh Steelers off a loss. Pittsburgh Steelers will have Kenny Pickett back at quarterback. There was questions about whether or not he was going to play. Basically told the Pittsburgh media, I will be out there. I will be playing. This line has moved with Tennessee, though, guys. It opened at four. Right now on FanDuel, you're seeing the Pittsburgh Steelers as two-and-a-half-point favorites. House? I'm going to start us off here. I like the Steelers in this spot. I don't like the fact that the line's moving against them, but I'm getting a buy-low spot, better defense. I think it's a Will Levis, welcome to reality, welcome to the NFL type of game. And I know what the trends are for Vrabel as an underdog. I know Mike Tomlin is better in that underdog role than he is as a favorite, but I'm just getting the Steelers at under a field goal to win this game against a rookie quarterback making his road start, road debut, done. Give me the Steelers.
3: Yeah, JJ, that's exactly the logic that has me leaning in, in the same direction. Uh, Mike Tomlin and the ability of that Pittsburgh defense to take a rookie on a short work week like this and put him into, you know, I'm going to call it Heinz Field because that's how I know it. What's it called, Acrester or something? Whatever. Put him in that torture chamber, whatever you want to call that that Pittsburgh home stadium. Now, I don't love the fact that we're getting Mitchell Trubisky here, but I'm not sure that there's that big of a difference between Trubisky and Pickett. Pickett wasn't exactly lighting the world uh, on fire. But the one thing that Pittsburgh has been a little bit vulnerable to this season is over the top. Their pass defense is not, you know, uh, akin to what it was um, in years past. And Micah Fitzpatrick is out. So that's that's another thing. If you were trying to talk yourself into Will Levis, I just can't get there. So I'm fine with short work week, Pittsburgh right at home, taking care of business uh, against the Titans.
2: And one thing, House, it will be Pickett. It will not be Trubisky at quarterback. Oh, okay. They cleaned it out. All right. It is official. Pickett is playing. So I want to make sure we have that on record. I want to make sure everybody on FanDuel TV is aware. It will be Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Raheem. I'm on the Steelers. I know there are some concerns. What do you stand on this one?
0: See, the interesting thing is I would rather have Mitchell Trubisky than Kenny Pickett playing injured on a short week. I think that is what scares me. Now, I listed all the stats about Will Levis and them having a 29% success rate on passing plays. Just 10 out of his 34 dropbacks were successful, and they made their living on those chunk plays. So you definitely don't want to back Will Levis in this spot. But when I look at the Steelers, um, you're playing Kenny Pickett, banged up on a short week. You're missing Minka Fitzpatrick. Like, there's just so many things going against both of these teams. And I really hate the Steelers team. I mean, the Steelers team, the entire year, they're only winning one-score games. That is the only way they win football games. One-score games where they turn the other opponent over. And I think they do have a good chance of turning Will Levis over, but they're not blowing anybody out. They're tending to, you know, get out game in yardage in in rushing yardage and you know yards per play first downs every statistical category you're watching all their games and they're still finding ways to win so if i had to play this game i would play the the titans on a teaser this is a very low total you're looking at 36 and a half so it's telling you they're not expecting a ton of points but at the same time, you tease it up, you cross the, off those key numbers of three and seven with a low total of 36. I think you're in a good spot with the Titans.
2: OK, so you like the Titans in a tease T-spot. You mentioned the total. Can I entice you at all, Raheem, one way or another, to get involved at 36 and a half? Any interest?
0: This is this. I mean, you cough and sneeze, you get over this. Um, and you almost can expect some turnovers. I think if I had to play this, I mean, obviously everybody's going to bet this under, but if I just had to play it and I, I, I'm not really interested in playing it, especially with the rookie quarterback and, and Kenny Pickett, I probably would look for an over or probably look for over in the live markets just because I think we're going to get some turnovers and I think we're going to get a short field. And you're looking at a Titans defense, which is 20th in eat paper play and um 20th in drop back success rate. So they're not going to be able to stop anybody. And I mean, we know the Steelers make Fitzpatrick is out. So I probably would just hold my nose and play the over.
3: Yeah. The support for that over would be also just that chemistry that we saw right out of the box with Will Levis and Deandre Hopkins, like his security blanket will be nuke. Right. And, and, and uh, we saw it in, in uh, they had enough time to prepare for that against that Atlanta team. he will just go right to a security blanket here. And this we just went through, this Pittsburgh defense is is can be beat uh, with the pass, so that there might be points coming. It won't be long, sustained drives coming from the the Titans necessarily to to get
2: them uh, on the scoreboard, fellas. When we come back, James Horton was finally traded. Hallelujah! Thank heavens. We're sick and tired of hearing his name and Philadelphia and everything that comes with it. What does this deal mean now for the Clippers? I know one thing, you're not going to get me to invest in the Los Angeles Clippers. That's a hard pass for me. But what it means for them, what it means for Philadelphia going forward, the boys got you covered every which way. We'll come right back.
1: Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.
2: So boys, it's official. James Harden gets his wish. What else is new? James Harden always seems to get his wish. He always seems to find his way to quit on teams, too. Like he quit on the Rockets, like he quit on the Nets, like he quit on the Philadelphia 76ers. And now James Harden will go and be a member of the Los Angeles Clippers and the Clippers go and get their guy he has his weird awkward fun handshake with russell westbrook and house spoiler alert i think we all know how this is going to end for the clippers sorry clipper fans if you're listening right now if you're watching right now you're probably not going to be happy with me but tough luck that's the way it goes in the biz this is going to end in such crash and burn fashion you know it. i know it we all know it it's going to end in crash and burn fashion well it's it just depends on when
3: the crash and the burn occur, though, J.J., because there is a version of this where adding a live, active body to that Clippers roster could have uh, a- an effect on the overall health of your guys like uh, Paul George, your guys like uh, uh, Kawhi, like does bringing in a guy who- who- who's capable of relative health and sucking up a bunch of those minutes and a bunch of that usage does that have a, a, a an exponential impact on uh you know is it a is it a is it a multiplier in terms of the impact on Paul George and Kawhi? I'm not going to try and make the case for it. I'm just saying it's possible. Look, you, you the guy led the the league in assists and the Clippers' identity over these past couple of years has been extraordinarily high usage out of Paul George and Kawhi to kind of middling success that gets them to around, you know, 45 wins or so. And they're so, so competitive in the playoffs. Does James Harden, if he's in a ball distributor mode, which he was when he bolstered uh, the case of Joel Embiid right into MVP land from the beginning of the year through the All-Star break. Now, James Harden didn't make the All-Star team. And then there is some stories out there that suggest that that he was upset about that and that his approach changed afterwards. But he did vault Joel Embiid into the MVP of the league. Does his ball distribution impact have enough of an effect to make this team competitive? That's the open question, Dream. So I'm with you, House he did, you know,
0: vault Joel Embiid to the MVP conversation. I mean, last year, the Sixers scored 1.12 points per possession with the harden MB pick and roll. Now, the one thing the Clippers have always had struggled with in the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George era was playmaking. Now you have two playmakers with Russell Wilson and James Harden. Excuse me. Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Now, we don't know how those two are going to mesh together, but I think House made the best point of this is that, Kawhi Leonard and James Harden are almost like the antithesis of one another. You have James Harden who folds every single postseason. You have Kawhi Leonard who doesn't want to play basketball during a regular season. So what do you have? You have James Harden eating those regular season in- innings, and you basically have him you know, soak up all the high usage get them through the regular season where Kawhi Leonard needs to rest because his body can't handle the load of 82 games and you, you rest guys like Paul George. And then when the playoffs starts, Kawhi Leonard gets you going. Now, I think that makes them, you know, one of the best teams in the Western Conference. However, they have no answer for Nikola Jokic at all. Um, I know you bring over P.J. Tucker. I think he's going to add some well-needed toughness to this Clippers team. But (laughs) the nuggets are the cream of the crop. And I just think, you know, you have so many young teams out the West that it's it's hard to trust this Clippers team because they're always banged up.
2: Can I entice you at all Raheem to think about a 13 to one bet on the Clippers to win the title? No, because the lack of an answer to Jokic.
0: No, I think the biggest thing is that you have to wait and see if these guys are healthy. Like, I think if you're going to play the Clippers, you wait until around postseason time, and either you look for value on the future then, or you play it series by series. Because we saw last year, Kawhi Leonard was a monster in game one of their Western Conference playoff series against the Phoenix Suns. What happened? He went down in game two, and we never saw him again. I think if Kawhi Leonard was healthy, they probably win that series. Paul George was also out in that series as well. So it's just really a matter of health with this Clippers team. And I think that's the biggest thing holding
3: the bat. That's exactly the reason why you can't invest uh, really on any number that's the less than 25 to one. Like you'd have to give me odds at the 25 to 30 to one before I would consider doing anything with the Clippers because of that. It's a known health situation, a known risk. And the chemistry experiment that they're about to undertake this, this, this Clippers team has been a perpetual chemistry experiment for the past two seasons. They've been bringing bodies in and throwing bodies out left and left and right. So we'll see. I mean, the Terrence band at some point is going to come off the injured list. We'll see how he fits in. Um, you know, they, they have six guys for five spots as potential starters. I guess they'll convince Russell Westbrook to come off the bench, but he's been pretty good as a starter through these first handful of games. So we'll see how this chemistry experiment goes. Coach Ty Lue, I wish you the best of luck. That's all I can say.
2: Uh, I echo those sentiments in more ways than one. Uh, Well wishes, Coach Lue. Good luck. It's going to be a task. That's just putting it uh lightly, to say the least. Guys, when we come back, what we'll best bets. Week number nine across the board in the NFL. What do the boys have in store? We'll find out right after this.
3: So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the hotels.com app today.
2: All right, before we say goodbye and give our best bets for week nine house quickly, your C trade sweat and they trade chase young. Were you surprised?
3: I was surprised that both went and I think they only really intended to trade chase young, but the bears, God bless the bears. They made the C an offer that they couldn't possibly refuse. And look, from the SeaWorld's perspective, it's not like anybody on that defense was untouchable, and you couldn't have the uh, be in the situation of dedicating so much in the way of assets uh, to, and the salary cap to the defensive line that's led to you know the 31st ranked uh, defense by DVOA. So I I'm happy that the opportunity arose for Montez Sweat. He's going to get that bag from the bears and he deserves it and chase young there's a quiet undercurrent here that it might be addition by a subtraction he might have worn out his welcome a little bit here in washington there are always these questions about you know some of his maturity and maybe some of his discipline inside the jack del rio scheme but i i'm, I'm very excited about all of the draft picks that the team got the real crucial thing now fellas is who's the general manager and who's going to be the coach that will be making these draft selections. Three picks in the top 50 next year. We can't have any swings and misses. Got to cash all those picks in, fellas.
2: No doubt about it. And to get a high second-round pick for uh, for Sweat is highway robbery. Job well done by the Washington Commanders. I don't know what the Bears are thinking. Time for best bets. Raheem, I'll start with you. Week 9. Take it away.
0: I'm going to go with the Houston Texans minus 2.5. I'm just, I cannot back this Buccaneers team at all. This is an offense which is 18th in EPA per play and 29th in success rate. So Baker Mayfield, he had a spark when he started, but now he's just garbage. So um, I think C.J. Stroud should be able to pass all over this Buccaneers defense. We know the Buccaneers, their run defense is pretty stout, but if you look at what Desmond Ritter did to this Buccaneers defense, I think C.J. Stroud will be able to do the same. They outgained the Carolina Panthers in in pretty much every category last week, but they didn't get it done. I think they get it done here. Texas minus two and a half.
3: Love that pick. Uh wish I could steal it for wise guys, but I won't do it. I think it's, 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 it's a great one. I have a couple angles for this week nine card. One of the things that I, I want to play on that we saw from last week was the rejuvenated Carolina Panther offense and the arrival of, of Bryce young into the national football league. They are hosting the Colts. The total there is 44 and a half. I absolutely adore the over. I mean, the the number has moved against me. It was 43 and a half earlier in the week, up to 44 and a half right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But the efficiency that the Carolina offense demonstrated gives me some confidence in this. But what this is really about is the Indianapolis Colts don't want to play defense. They want to get out and play streetball, which I'm fine with. They've given up uh, 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 57, 77, 65 total points in the last three games. They just want to get out and and play run and gun. I'm here for it. Let's take the total over 44 and a half in this Carolina Colts game. The other thing, JJ, you gave me a little bit of a, you didn't know you were doing it, a little bit of a tease for my teaser. I like the combination of The Browns at home laying from seven and a half down to one and a half. That's against the Arizona Cardinals and Clayton Toon. And I like the Saints who are sitting uh, in the same position, seven and a half down to one and a half going against the T-Bag. This is a home favorite, low total teaser. The total in the, the Browns, uh, 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 Cardinals game is 37 and a half. The total in that St. Chicago game is 41. You're only asking each one of those home teams, both of whom must win these games to preserve their playoff aspiration and ambition to just go out and win these games by two. This is my favorite teaser of the week so far. I'm still in the lab, but so far this is my favorite teaser of the week fellas.
2: Just win baby. I love it. We hit on it earlier. Baltimore. They're going to overwhelm Geno Smith. That's a gift at minus six. Baltimore is winning that game by two scores. For Raheem, House, JJ signing off. Good job by the War Gone Warrior. We're back same time, same place next week. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you for Ring of Wise, guys, at 11 a.m.
3: You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-next step or text next step to 53342. In Connecticut, you can call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat. In Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. In Kansas, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. In Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. Visit, in Maryland, mdgamblinghelp.org. In West Virginia, you can visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Or, in Wyoming, you can call one 800 522 4700. Hope is here. Visit gambling helplinema.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call in New York 1-877-8 Hope NY or text Hope NY in New York.
1: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon.